Hello, and welcome to Basically Blind. I'm Avery. Oh man, it's been a week. It's been such a busy week. I don't know how anyone else has been, Um, but let's just hop right into it. So if you saw the title of today's episode, you might be thinking, this girl doesn't know how to spell her Bible stories. Nope, that's on purpose. It's a play on words. I'm not talking about Cain and Abel from the Bible. I'm talking about canes and how they can help people with visual impairments get around as well as for those of you who don't know this, which up until a few years ago, I was one of them, even though I have a visual impairment, um, all canes are not created equal. You can actually look at someone's cane and determine what kind of impairment they have. So I think I'm going to start there. So if someone is fully blind, and when I say fully blind, I want to clarify because I've said fully and totally blind on previous podcasts, and that's not completely accurate because 90% of blind people do have some level of vision. So moving forward, when I say that someone is fully or totally blind, just know that I'm referring to someone whose vision is low enough that they're not able to really rely on it for anything. They're not able to rely on it for mobility or viewing things or anything like that. I myself, I do have enough vision that I can rely on it to an extent, but I do need aids and assistance some of the time. So if someone is fully blind, then they'll have the standard white cane, which is what most people think of, a cane that is totally white from from top to bottom. Now, if, if someone has a visual impairment, like myself, where they have low vision and they need a little bit of help, but they still can see, then they'll have a mostly white cane that has about, mm, probably about six inches to a foot of red on the bottom of it. So my cane is is that type, where it's mostly white and then there's the, the red tip on it. And then if you see someone who has a red and white cane, like kind of similar to a candy cane look or a barbershop pole, um, that actually means that they not only have low vision, but they also have low hearing. So they're blind and deaf. So keep that in mind. Next time you're out in a city or you see someone who's using a cane for mobility purposes, uh, pay attention to whether it's fully white, it's white with some red at the bottom, or if it's it's uh, red and white. Uh, I can't remember what the word is, but it means every other. <laughs> so it's red stripe, then right, white stripe, red stripe, white stripe. But I had no idea that there were these differences at all until I got my own cane and my mobility specialist explained it to me, the differences. And there's also different tips that can be on cane. So there are, kind, there are kinds that kind of have more of a marble. Mine is, I believe, what's most popular, and it's called a marshmallow tip, which 
it just looks like a giant marshmallow. It's not squishy like one at all. It's hard plastic. Uh, and the thing that I didn't realize is that, you know, those tips, obviously, you're dragging it across the ground. They wear out. And you can replace them really easily. There's there's elastic within the cane that you can detach the tip from and put a new one on. So it's not a matter of having to completely throw away the cane and get a new one. Um, also, with my cane, it's fully collapsible. Most are. Not all, but most are. So it makes it easy for someone to be able to fold it up if you're in a crowded space or something like that. I was really hesitant about getting a cane. My dad had told me four years that I needed to get one. And I I didn't want to do it. I was really resistant. Um, I, I didn't want to stand out and have... I didn't want people to meet me and just immediately know that there was something different about me. I really wanted people meeting me, getting to know me, and then me bringing up the visual impairment to them. However, there's been plenty of instances, as I've brought up previously on episodes, where because I have a nystagmus where my eyes shake and I have really enlarged pupils because of how my eyes take in light, that when I was meeting people and they didn't off the bat know that I had a vision problem, they were kind of just jumping to the conclusion that I was on drugs. So once that became the scenario, I really had no qualms at all about someone just knowing off the bat that I had a visual impairment. But, you know, it, it took a while to warm to. And another reason is that I was... I was worried that I could be targeted for crimes because I would be flagging to the world that I have a disability, I have low vision. And that turned out to not be the case. But at the time, I was living downtown, and then I worked in another part of downtown. So if you live in Seattle at the time, I lived in Belltown. And I have worked a majority of my career in Pioneer Square of Seattle. And both of those communities have a lot of crime at times, and there are definitely a lot of people that are part of the homeless population. I don't know if this is fact, but I almost think that homeless people have a code when it comes to seeing people who have a cane and, and possibly even a wheelchair. Because ever since I started using a cane, they are so nice to me. So nice to me. And it's not just homeless people either. Everyone is. Oh my God. Everyone's so nice to me. I think that people think that they're getting like karma points for being nice to someone who clearly has a disability. You know what? Whatever it takes to have you sleep well at night, if you're making it so I have a good day too, that's fine with me. But definitely before when I'd, I'd kind of like awkwardly walk around because I couldn't see that great, I could tell people thought I was a little weird. But now when I have my cane, people are like, oh no, 
before you, like you, you go ahead. And then if I accidentally cut someone off, I'm like, oh, I'm so sorry. And they're like, no, I'm sorry. You go right ahead. It, it's amazing. It's truly amazing. If you don't live in Seattle, something you may not know is that um, we're notoriously known for being a very passive aggressive bunch. And we're not super friendly. Like we're really friendly to strangers. But we, there's just, you really kind of stay in your lane. And by getting my cane, people just, they're so much warmer to me. I don't know. I will commonly refer to it as my, I, I'll, I'll go between calling it my, my nice stick, my magic nice stick or, or my get the hell out of my way stick, because that's, that's really why I use it more than anything else is to signal to other people when I'm walking down the street, like, Hey, if you're walking towards me, you need to go to the side, like the awkward dance thing. It's not going to work out. Well, I will plow straight into you. Um, and it's worked out really well for me. I, I thought I might feel more limited with a cane, but I actually feel a lot more independent. If I needed to go somewhere on my own, I'm usually using that. If, if I'm with someone, I'll usually just grab onto their arm and walk with them that way. Um, but I was so surprised by how much more independent I felt. The fact that, you know, if I had an appointment somewhere downtown, I didn't have to wait for Cam to get home. I could just head out on my own. And, you know, if I was waiting for the bus, like a lot of the time people would just go, oh, by the way, the bus that's pulling up, it's the number six. And I was like, oh, thank you. Yeah, that is the one I'm waiting for. And they're like, yeah, you're welcome. So some, some things that I wanted to kind of just share about with a cane besides just, besides, besides just, you know, the differences that exist, um, but kind of the idea behind how to use them. And it's, it's not super straightforward either. It's, it's actually way trickier to use a cane <laughs> and you legitimately do have to go through training. I had to have multiple visits with the mobility specialist that came to where I lived and, and helped me do training because there's a specific way that you're supposed to weave it. You're supposed to um, we uh, wave it across your your body and it goes it goes in the rhythm of your steps. So the step that's forward, the cane, is on the opposite side because the idea of it is that you're sweeping to check to make sure that it's clear for the next spot that you're going to step and you have this rhythm and it can be really tricky at first to keep the rhythm and then there's it can be tricky doing stairs stairs are my mortal enemy I'm not a fan especially ooh, especially if there is no handrail if they are not marked and if they're that really light pavement that like a lot of federal buildings like to use, that just completely blends for me. And I have on more than one occasion fully fallen off of a raised platform where that was the type of cement that was used because there's absolutely no contrast and I don't see the edge. Uh, in college one time, I remember I had taken a test in 
uh, in a room and I hadn't been in that building uh, a ton. So I wasn't familiar with it. And so I was just trying to find my way out of it. And I found an exit and I walked out and I, it was a really bright day. So my eyes are a little shocked by the amount of light coming in and I keep walking. Uh, yeah, I walked right off the edge of a loading dock. <laughs> I didn't get hurt. I caught myself. I don't know how I did it. It, it was, I, I chalk it up to watching a lot of gymnastics in the Olympics when I was younger. I, I stuck the landing. I didn't hurt myself at all. Um, and I think I also had like a bag of Girl Scout cookies with me because someone in my, one of my classes was selling them. And I didn't crush any of those either. So the priorities were there. Like the cookies were intact. They were okay, as was I. But there's been times like that where I've fallen off of things. There's also times where there's those, um, like those solid cement block benches that will be that same type of light pavement. Um, and I've, I've walked into those so many times. My shins, oh, I legitimately have some dents in my shins from where I've walked into things before I had a cane. And then the other thing can be if, uh, if there's like a light pole or a flagpole or something like that, um, I in middle school, 100% full speed walked straight into uh, a flagpole. All that hurt. I had a massive, massive bump on my forehead and the nurse was so freaked out when I walked in and I just wanted to kind of have the bump go down and then get back to class. But she forced me to stay there a lot longer because she was legitimately concerned. I had a full blown concussion, which I probably did. <laughs> I probably did. But I don't know, for a long time before I got a cane, I just kind of thought that that was part of the deal of being visually impaired, that you just, you trip and you bump into things and you're more prone to hurt yourself. And I was just, well, people probably either think I'm stupid or a klutz. And then I got my cane and it really, it, it changed everything because I'm, and I'm able to move so much faster, so much faster. I remember I got it and I was using it walking home for some, from, from something with Cam. And it was the first time he'd really walked somewhere with me when I had my cane. And he was not used to it. He's, he had never seen me like book it because I'm usually moving pretty slow because I want to make sure that I don't trip on anything or that no one kind of juts out. The other thing that's fantastic is that if you're, <laughs> this kind of goes back to what I said at the top about um, how people who are homeless are just so nice to me. There's been a number of times where I'll be walking um, down the street and I can hear that there is someone up ahead on the corner asking people for money. And they'll be like, change, do you have a spare dollar? Change, spare dollar. And then I get to them and I'm expecting for them to be like, do you have a, do you have a spare dollar? And they just stop and they go, and you have a really nice night, okay? 
And I love it. I love it. It's just, um, I can't speak to how freeing it is. So if anyone out there is on the fence and they they don't think they want a cane and they can just kind of suffer through it like I did for years, years. I mean, I, I probably should have gotten a cane in college, honestly. But no, didn't do it. Just suffered through it. Don't do it. Don't do it. It's stupid. It's stupid. And... For anyone who knows my father, don't you dare tell him I said this, but he was right. He was right. And I really did need to get a cane. And I'm glad that I did. And if you're not sure, you know, what type of cane to get or how to get training and you need one, contact your state services for the blind. That's how I ended up getting set up with my first cane. And they get, so they gave that to me for free. And then I also got all my mobility training for free as well. So there's a lot of ways that you can get what you need without you having to take on any extra cost. So that's really everything that I wanted to cover today. I'm keeping it short. I'm keeping it sweet. Uh, Reminder to everyone listening, make sure that you subscribe to the podcast so then new episodes will automatically drop into whatever podcast app you choose to listen to that listen to episodes in. Um, and it's really easy to do. You just go into the app, you search for basically blind. And then when you open up that, that show page there, there will be a little button that just says subscribe. So just hit that. And then everything will automatically download onto your phone, which is fantastic. And also if you haven't already, Super appreciate it if you can leave a five-star review in the podcast store, uh, Apple Podcast Store to be specific, because it's a great way for people to be able to discover the show. So um, next week, I'm going to be talking about something, something that came up this week that I wasn't expecting to talk about, but... It kind of is piggybacking off of last week's episode where I talked about the difference between diversity, equity, and inclusion. And I want to more specifically dig into diversity, uh, what it means, who's encompassed with it, and just how those characteristics, there can be overlap, but it's not a given that there are overlaps between certain groups that fall under diversity also falling into other ones. That sounds weird, but I promise it will all become clear next week. So I'll see you next time. Bye.